about Genesis chapter 3. I would consider one of the greatest chapters of the Old Testament. And the reason I would consider that is because it is here that we first encounter sin. That we are first introduced to Satan. And we experience all of man. And I know you say, well, what's great about that? You know, we, we know that's part of our history. We, we know that's part of our past. But, but what's great about that? That's not the greatness of the chapter. Those are significant and important events. But the greatness of the chapter is God's love and God's pursuit in the midst of the introduction of Satan sin and fall of man. In that while man was disobedient to God and directly turned their back on him and did exactly what he had instructed them not to do at the temptation of Satan, God still pursued them. God still sought them. God still loved them. And he still loves us. And that's what I want us to see today. I want us to see three things in Genesis, the third chapter. The first thing I want us to see is the reach of Satan. Satan is very powerful. And Satan is first introduced in this passage of Scripture. And he is introduced as a serpent. Now, I don't want you to be misled by that word serpent. Because when we hear it, we immediately begin to think about the snakes, serpents, and things that we see in the world today. And the fact of the matter is, at this moment in time in history, there was very little, if any, resemblance of the serpent that we know today and the serpent that we find in Scripture. The word serpent in the Hebrew language actually is translated the shining one. And so Satan came to Eve and he was attractive. He was shiny. He was glistening. He was beautiful. We know that later, God condemns Satan, and the curse that he gives him is that he would crawl on his belly the rest of his life, which would indicate to us that that prior to that moment, he either had the ability to either be on his belly or upright, or he was simply upright. We don't know for sure which one, but we know that to stay on your belly was a curse. And so obviously, previously to that moment in time, That was not his normal function or way of mode of of movement or, or moving about. So we have a shining one who is upright. That changes the image of what we think about when we hear the word serpent. That changes the thought process of who Satan was at this moment in time in history of his reach into the life of man and his leading him away to disobedience to God. He was I don't, I don't know many snakes or serpents that I would consider attractive, right? There are things that I don't like and I don't care to see and I don't want to be around. It's not the case at this moment in time. He was shining. He was glistening. He was upright. He was attractive. And so he came, and as we begin to see who he is, we understand the power or the reach that he had and has in our life, John chapter 8 and verse 44. If you want to write that down and read that later, John chapter 8 verse 44 says this, You are of your father, the devil, 
and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning. Understand that. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. There, there's absolutely no truth in him whatsoever. Everything in him and about him is a lie, God's Word says. He is the master of deception. He goes on and says that. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature, for he is a liar and he's the father of lies. He is the master of deception and lies. He was beautiful. He was attractive. He was upright. And he came with a beautiful package and and a masterful manipulation of a lie to deceive Eve and Adam. Understand that. Understand this isn't some horrible, ugly, slithery, slimy snake that's coming around. Understand that that this is something that's beautiful, attractive. Is that that the way it presents sin to us oftentimes? It's something that looks good, it's something very attractive. Shiny and glistens and catches our attention. That's how he tempts us. He deceives us and lies to us, just as John says, he's the master of life, he's the father of all lies, is he lies to us and tries to convince us that these shiny, beautiful, attractive things are good for us. But he's really not. He's the master of lies. Satan asked the first question that we find recorded. And the purpose of his question was evil. In Genesis chapter 3, he says to Eve, Has God said that you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? He knew what God said. He knew exactly what they had been told. But he asked a question, and the question had an evil intent. And the evil intent was to raise doubt. To cause Eve to begin to doubt her father who had placed her there in the garden. Has God said that you shall not eat of any of the trees in the garden? Eve's response. Eve says, oh no, we can eat of all of the trees in the garden, all of the fruit in the garden, except for the tree in the center of the garden. God has said we should not eat of that tree, and in the day that we eat of that tree, we will die. Notice the transition. He asked a question to place doubt. It calls us to begin to doubt God and His promises and His provision and His love for our life. And then he says this. He makes a statement. Oh, you will not surely die. That's an affirmative statement. He didn't ask a question. He's saying to her, listen, I want you to doubt this, that that God is telling you the truth. And he says, here's an affirmative statement. You're not going to die. And so he begins to lure Eve in with his deceptions and his lies and his beautiful attractiveness. And it begins to cause her to question God, to doubt God, and and actually what the penalty to disobey God would be. Does that to us, doesn't it? Oh, I know that you you think that the results of this are going to be bad, but they're not going to be I know that that you think if you do this one thing or this one sin or this one act, that that it could lead down some bad roads, but they know. We allow ourselves to be tempted. We allow ourselves to be lured in drawn away. That's exactly what happened with these. God, God said you could eat all the other trees, but this tree, the tree that you sure not No, no, no. That's not what's going to happen. So then it makes this transition and 
And as he makes the transition and the affirmative, then, then he says this. When you eat of the tree, you're going to be just like God. If you eat of the tree, he's, he's going to make you like him because you have taken of that. God knows that it's not going to kill you. God knows that you're not going to die. God knows that it will make you just like him. And so there is this this luring away, causing us to doubt, giving us affirmative information. Oh, that's not what's going to happen. That, that's not the end result of this. In fact, let me tell you what is going to happen. Well, here's a lie. Here's a lie. He just spreads it like why? Because he's the father of all lies. What's going to make you just like God? Same the lie. I mean, you believe the lie you're saying. And she was lured away because of the nature of says we should not do, and, and we can do those things without it affecting us in the negative way. We can do those things, and, and it won't lure us away. We can do those things, and it won't cause us to, to lose our relationship with the Lord and to go down. Satan's taking us. Satan's lying to us, and he is luring us away just like he did me because he has that reach. Because he's the master of lies. Second thing I want us to see today from this text is the reaction of We see the reach of Satan. His ability to deceive and to lie and to lure us into to sin in our life. And then we see the reaction of man. Eve followed the reasoning of Satan. Hook, lying, and sinker. Listen to what the Scripture says. She saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desirable to make one wise. It's a foundation of the foundation of all sin is captured in those verses. She saw that it was pleasing to the eye. She saw that it was good for food. And she saw that it was able, desirable to make one wise. All sin falls into to those three categories. We, we can go to 1 John chapter 2 and verse 16. Write that down and, and look at that later. I'm going to read it for you now. Listen to 1 John chapter 2 and verse 16 and listen to the similarities. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life. She saw that it was good for food, the lust of the flesh. It was desirable and fulfilling. I, I can eat it and enjoy it. It's tasteful. looked at it and said it was beautiful. It was desirable. It, it, it was pretty. Lust of the eyes. What looks good to us. Not necessarily is good, but what looks good to us. And then finally it says it was desirable to make them wise. Those were five wives. I can be just as knowledgeable and just as wise as God. I can have all the knowledge that I need in my life. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes. Those were five wives. It began in the garden. And in the garden, Satan lured and tempted Eve away and said, Oh, listen, doubt God. What he said is not what's going to happen. Trust me. I'm telling you, if you eat this, everything's going to be okay. And she said, You know, it does look good that I can eat it. It is pleasing to the eye. And it would make me wise. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes. 
fact, the Scripture leads us to understand that. In James chapter 1, verses 14 and 15, listen to what it says. But each one is tempted. Hear that? Each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lusts. Temptation begins with the lusts and desire that I have within me. That's where it starts. It doesn't start with somebody else. It doesn't start with Satan or something else. It starts with me. He says, but, but each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. Then when lust is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. It begins within us and our own desires. And he says, then Satan lies to us. Satan tempts us. And he, and he says, I, I see where their weakness is, and so let me, let me take advantage of that in their life. And so he puts the temptation in there, and he knows that that's a weak area. Our lust is already a desire that we have within us, and we go after that. Every one of us has those weaknesses. Every one of us has those places that we are susceptible to in our life of Satan's lies and Satan's deceptions and, and, and Satan's manipulation, if you would, to lead us to sin in our life. Adam and Eve acted. Satan's temptations. The scripture says that she took of the fruit and she ate. And then she gave it to her husband and he ate. And notice what the scripture says. It says their eyes were open and they knew that they were that They knew that they, they shouldn't be that way. And in fact, the scripture says that they went and took leaves and put them together in order to make a covering for their body because they were embarrassed. They were embarrassed because they were, were not clothed. And, and so they, they tried to cover up their nakedness. We do that with our sin, don't we? We try to cover it up. We don't want anybody else to know. We don't want anybody else to see. And for some reason, somehow, in some way, we think if nobody else knows, God doesn't know either. And that's again one of those, those deceptive lies of Satan. Because God knows everything. God knows everything that's in our heart, and God knows everything in our life. And we're going to see that in just a moment. And that's the third and final thing I want to share with you today simply is the response of God. We've seen the reach of Satan. We've seen the reaction of man. And I want us to see the response of God. God came seeking Adam and Eve. They had directly disobeyed him. They had done something that he had instructed them not to do. And they had, had taken and clothed themselves because they were embarrassed at their nudity. And God comes looking for them and God says, Adam, Adam, where are you? The scripture says that Adam was hiding himself in the dark. Do you think God didn't know where he was? Isn't that interesting? Isn't that, God knew exactly where Adam was. God knew exactly where he was hiding. God knew everything that had happened, and yet God pursued him. God came after him. God was looking for him, and God said, Adam, where are you? How many times in your life has God come after you? How many times in your life has God pursued you? I'm asking you, how long has it been since you came to pray for me? How long has it been since you worshiped me? How long has it been since you and I have fellowship with one another? Where are you? Why are you hiding? Why are you keeping yourself from my presence? 
exalt them even in the disobedience. And He seeks us even in our sin. Even in our disobedience. Here's what I want you to know. Adam said, here we are. We were hiding from you because we were naked. God said, who told you? respond to him, and who told you that you were naked? I love that response. It's a typical God response, right? He says, hey, the woman that you gave me, God, it's not me. It's the woman you gave me. Part of the blame goes back to you. If you'd never given me this woman, this wouldn't have happened. God, the woman that you gave me, she gave me. They directly took the command that he said, Do not eat of this tree. And they ate of the tree. And then they hid from him in the garden. And he pursued them. He came after them. He sought them. He looked for them. Where are you? Why can't we be together, he says. And then when they reveal everything that's happened, he clothes them. He gives them the clothing and protection that they need. Now, here's what I want you to understand. God did not pursue them to discipline. We don't see that. Okay? There is a discipline that happens here. You understand that? But that had already been set. What did God say? When you eat of this tree, you'll surely die. Okay? They ate of the tree. They knew the consequences. They knew exactly what was going to happen because God had already told them. It wasn't like God said, oh, now they've eaten of the tree. Let me figure out what I'm going to do to punish them and, and, and just tell them how displeased I am with them and how horrible this is and really emphasize on them how badly they've done. God said, here's the discipline. Here's, what, here's the consequences. Here's the result. If you eat of the tree, you're going to die. And that's exactly what happened. So this wasn't about discipline. This was about God seeking them out of His way. This was about God desiring to find them because He loves them and cares about them. So God pursued them. All right. Here we are. Let me close. There's punishment that came. Punishment came, but God had already said that punishment. The result of the actions of God. So he came after them with love and desire. He came after them to clothe them and protect them and provide for their lives.
Satan is tempting you to turn away 